Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NBA's Unplugged. I am your host, Fej McDermott, and let's dive into today, Tuesday, October 6th. Uh, so jumping into the events, we have some large events coming up this week. Uh, the first is the Marshall Retail Management Association having a USC Marshall uh, Nike panel. So join us on Zoom for an amazing panel with Marshall students and alumni who work and have interned at Nike. Uh, their aim is to discuss accomplishments, the future of retail and Nike, COVID-19's impacts, as well as diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. That will be taking place on what was that Thursday, October 8th at 5 p.m. Uh, another sort of side note is that if you're interested in applying for MLFP, those applications will be due on Friday. Uh, so now the rest of the events, I'll just read off of campus groups real quick. Today we have a uh, investment banking second year panel happening today at 5 p.m. We have a speaker coming in from Riot Games, uh, Director of Brand Management Dan Sutton. So that's with the Marshall Interactive Gaming Association today at 5 as well. And C4C Special Olympics Bingo happening today at 7 p.m. for those who are interested in acquiring some hours for C4C. On Thursday, we have a Samsung Marketing and Strategy Open House being put on by uh, GMA at 11.30 a.m. Then we have the BEA putting on a Zoom and Learn uh, with Film and TV Business 101. Um, let's see what else we got on here. We have the Healthcare Leadership Association is putting on a uh, fall networking reception. That will be happening on Thursday at 6 p.m. And then finally on Friday, we have an executive speaker panel being put on by the Graduate Real Estate Association at noon on Friday. And then... Marshall Net, oh, that's a long one. Marshall Net Impact co-hosted with Graduate Marketing Association. Oh my God. Okay, so this is a behavioral interviewing workshop happening on Friday at 6 p.m. with like eight different clubs. So um, GMA, GREA, HLA, LNO, MMAC, MNI, MRMA, and OMC. If you know any of those acronyms, those are the clubs involved. But otherwise, you can find all that information on campus groups for um, what exactly is entailed with that. Uh, but that's all the announcements we have for today, and now we'll go on to uh, our guest speaker for the week, which is going to be a interview that we conducted uh, in person for the first time with a student from the class of 2021, Lee Hamburger. So with that, I will now jump over to that portion of the show. And now, moving on to the guest portion of today's show, I am joined for the first time ever with an in-person interview with the one and only Lee Hamburger. How are you doing today, Lee? Good. Happy to be here and happy to be the first guinea pig for this experiment. Uh, guinea pig is probably putting it lightly, uh, since how long did it take for us to set up the tech required for this uh, shoot? We're almost halfway through hour number two, so, you know, it's going swimmingly. But yeah, before we start, before we get farther into the show and learning more about you and Michigan and more about Queens, I assume, and pizza and all that, uh, we wanted to do one of our intro segments, which, uh, out of the two you picked today, we're going to start off with Song Blitz. Okay. So, yep. the way that works for all the listeners is that we're going to, he's going to pick a genre, and I'm going to pick a song from that genre, or at least attempt to. Sometimes I kind of miss on if it fits in the genre, but that, that's fine. Uh, and I'll play a five-second snippet for you and see if you can guess the name of the song based on that five seconds alone. Okay. If not, we'll try to extend and kind of give you shit and then tell you once you give up we'll give you the answer and move on and then you'll probably give me shit for picking a song that wasn't really punk rock or emo or whatever genre you pick i mean i'm gonna try and make it easy for you to embarrass me so <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, 
let's go with punk rock. So, I'm gonna look up a punk rock song right now. But are are you like well versed in your punk rock? Uh, 90s, 90s and 2000s punk rock. Okay. So, so that's kind of I want to say it's peak punk rock, but that's kind of yeah. like still high end. It's gonna be your you know Blink One Eighty Two. No, I get what, I get what you're saying. Okay, yeah. so that kind of that's like punk alt. Punk alt. That's like. I mean, I could just list my favorite bands and yeah, I know. All then, not yeah. those songs. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with an interesting one here. Let's. So you get five seconds here, starting now. Lifestyles of the Rich and the Famous. Good Charlotte. False. Nope. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Would you like to continue? Yes, I would. Let <laughs> me pick a different point in the song and see if that helps. Are you give me the chorus. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just sliding. Oh, up. okay. Wanna be just like you. This is the anthem, Good Charlotte. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I know the words. I just forgot the song. You had it. Like honestly, like I was searching "Good Charlotte." The second song was "Lifestyles: The Rich and Famous," and I just went with the anthem. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, that was good. Do you want to do another one? Yeah, let's do another one. Or uh, same genre? Ooh. Um, change it up. I'll, I'll make it a little harder on myself, even though I messed mostly missed the first one. I mean, okay. Let's be honest. In terms of yeah. the song blitz, that was the quickest. <laughs> correct answer i think we've gotten and i got the band right yeah you're um, on the very right track so i would say how about we go with um you listen to sirius xm lithium 90s alternative and grunge i haven't had sirius in a while okay well, i could give you band names that oh, right, not up. gonna pick. so you want like you want like 90s grunge yeah 90s grunge I feel like that's a safe a safe one for me, maybe. That does sound oddly safe after <laughs> you said you wanted to challenge yourself. I mean, I have a very I listen to a very specific subset, so it's possible you could easily pick a song that I don't know. Uh, well, we'll give it a shot, so it'll be very hard otherwise. Stay with me. Let's just breathe. Yeah, I, I warned you. <laughs> you did warn me. <laughs> no, I, I couldn't pick another one. <laughs> you should pick another one. <laughs> Keep going. That is very unbecoming of this band. I will say that. <laughs> and it's a it's a night it's like a seri- like a classic nineties. Yes. Like yes, it absolutely is. Like, you're like, oh, that's totally fucking 90s. That's like the definition of 90s grunge. That isn't Nirvana, I guess. Right. So I guess that's the ultimate comparison. Give me another 10 seconds. <laughs> I was, I'm like trying to scroll through to see if it like picks up or something, but that seems to be just acoustic. It's not is it? No. It's not Soundgarden. <laughs> Sounds depressing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away by this. I would never have guessed. I would never guess this. To be honest, if even if I knew the, the genre, I think I'd still have a hard time. 
I mean, there's. I mean, I could just go through my Rolodex in my head, but that's just. I've. I'm. I'd be grasping. G- give me like a top three of what what bands you think it could be. Um. Muse. Um. Well, Muse has come out with enough recent music to where you know that couldn't be them. Right. It just it had that like tone for a little bit. But then I think this okay, this came but, out in two thousand nine. So the Muse was kinda still hitting on all cylinders by then. That was like That's true. That was like when Knights of Sidonia was coming off those past two years on Guitar Hero and Audio Slave? No. 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 That's a good one though. I should have picked fucking Audio Slave. <laughs> <laughs> and I probably would have gotten it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um When you first played it, I thought the first band that came to my mind, which is not the genre, was Dave Matthews. No. Okay, that's not Dave Matthews. But I was like, that doesn't qualify. Oh, okay. Well, I I obviously (laughs) did not put on Dave Matthews. Um, It is Pearl Jam. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's that's one of the bands I would have listed if you asked me to list my bands. But I was like, that's really Pearl Jam? A song called Just Breathe by Pearl Jam that came out in 2009, and I have no idea how the fuck... That's Pearl Jam, but it is. <laughs> all right. Because I was looking at all the other songs, like Even Flow, you're going to get that every, 10 times out of 10. Black, you also get that. Alive, easy. And then I was like, oh, what's this one? It's got a cool, like... Name. <laughs> no, it's got a cool, like, uh... Was it? Album art. Album art that I have never seen before. And I was like, oh, man, this is like an underground track that I just didn't know. But maybe he knows, since he knows his grunge. I got think, me. I think that one took long enough to where yeah. we can move on. And yeah, do let's there. do it. <laughs> Maybe you surprised me at the end. Yeah, fuck. I surprised myself. I did not. That's the problem is like I couldn't test that beforehand yeah. <laughs> that well. Um, but now let's get back into you. So you said that you sort of born and raised in Queens and went to Michigan uh, for your undergrad. So what was the story going from undergrad and through your career and then ultimately to, I guess, those... Uh, decision points that led to you coming to pursue an MBA at Marshall? Yeah, so for, uh, you know, people who know me well, obviously, in class of 2021, um, and, you know, I've met a couple people in the class of 2022, I was extremely shy growing up. Uh, I went to my middle school, uh, or kindergarten to eighth grade, 37 people in my grade. Um, I wound up going to a bigger, yeah, very small. It was a private Jewish school in Queens. Uh, And when I was looking at high schools, um, I chose to commute to the Bronx for high school. Um, And that class was uh, a little under 600. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then when I was looking at colleges, there were two things I was looking at. One was I didn't want to be driving distance to home. I wanted to (laughs) sort of not have that crutch. Mm -hmm. Um, And I knew it was going to be a crutch because my parents really wanted me driving distance and tried to bribe me with a car. Um, because they wanted me close to home. And so, Michigan wound up being the only school that I applied to that was not driving this home. Mm-hmm. I felt that I needed to be outside of my comfort zone. Um, and really, if I had that crutch of coming home, I was afraid I was going to use it. Yeah. And I felt that, you know, not being able to do that would be really good for me and you know growing up not growing up but just you know being a little bit more (laughs) self-sufficient being a little bit more confident um and i would say it worked so well i mean at least you took the the time to sort of understand that it would be a crutch before just sort of like jumping in and relying on it but 
was your intention to be like I'll say there is a really stereotypical thing in New Jersey where everyone leaves for college and everyone tries to go out of state like we suck at having kids go in state for college uh, but they'll go to, like Penn State Maryland Virginia Tech etc and get out of the state but then they'll come right back home I knew I wanted to end up in New York um, I felt that I needed a different experience also mm-hmm. um, I looked at, you know, UVA would have been a great experience for me. Yep. Um, I I just, I thought it was actually going to be a little bit too much of a culture shock. Um, and so the, the, that's sort of like the two decisions I, I came down to. Um, there was a point in time where I was going to go to Syracuse, um, but it just didn't feel, it didn't feel right to me. Okay. Um, and... You know, talk my parents into letting me go to Michigan. And, did you get uh, a car? I did not get the car. I got the car early, so they said no car till um, till after I graduated, and I got it between junior and senior year. So, um, so it just sat there. No, no, I, I drove it out, but I had no car in Michigan. Oh, okay. Soft, uh, freshman, sophomore, and junior year. So was uh, so, yeah. So let's go on to that then. So uh, you graduated with a civil engineering degree. Yep. And your intent was to come back to New York. Yep. Is that exactly how, did that go exactly according to plan? Um, pretty much in like, I mean, it ended up going according to plan. Uh, yeah. So I, I wound up having this crazy internship between, it was an unpaid internship between my junior and senior year of college. Uh, I was working for a real estate developer, actually, uh, startup, two people was the owner, a project manager. I was the intern, uh, I and you know rode out the summer working very closely with the project manager uh, got a really nice bonus and then it was like sort of radio silence for the rest of probably the rest of the year um, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do uh, it was a real estate developer I really at the time wanted to be on a construction site and they weren't sure at the time what they were doing in terms of staffing it so typically an owner hires a construction manager Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I was home for the summer, for uh, winter break, actually. Uh, I had an interview with, uh, two, it was the owner of the company that I worked for, and then their, their partner. Mm-hmm. And again, two, three months of radio silence. Uh, and what I realized was that they weren't sure what they wanted to do. And so this was a company that where I knew I could make an impact, whether they you know, hired a GC or not, yep. it was a small enough company that I could go in and really excel. And I spent most of March and April just, I wouldn't say putting my all my eggs in one basket, but I was pushing them hard to, to give me a job. And uh, I got the call middle of April. Uh, I was graduating at the end of the month Jesus. Um, oh, yeah, that I got the job. Weird term. Schedule. Yeah, you know my diploma says April twenty April twenty eighth, but uh, you know Michigan Michigan's true has three true semesters yeah. or trimesters. It's a trimester, yeah. Yeah, so um, you know I finally got the job and I wound up I was the sixth full time employee, and I was at the firm for six years after that. Uh, I started you know construction site every day, hard hat and boots, dealing with contractors. Uh, you know, you know all those I, stories. I know, but like looking at how you're dressed now, it's just funny. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, you, you used to be like you used part. to look so blue collar, but now apparently the times have changed. <laughs> yeah, times have changed. I'm still wearing jeans; they're not blue, but uh, <laughs> the shoes aren't boots. But, <laughs> but yeah, it was. Uh, 
it, it was a lot of fun to sort of see the progress you can make day by day mm-hmm. on site. I, I spent three years on one project. Yep. It was awesome. It was super high end condo in Chelsea. We sold the penthouse for fifty one million dollars. It was all over the news. Um, and then I, I moved over to another project on the east side. This uh, is all New York City development. All New York City. Um, and in that time, I started the internship program at my company. So we started that first year. We got like fifty resumes. Hired four or five people. I ran a program as like a 24 year old I really didn't know what I was doing um, and then the following year we said you know what it was a success most of the most of the interns were sophomores so we couldn't do a direct hire yeah. so we said you know what let's let's do a real program I recruited the only two people younger than me at the company to work on the program together with me and it was great even I was in charge I had done it but you know we tried to you know, one person was on another project, one person was dealing with finance. So they got a good breadth of skills yeah. bouncing between you. And we got 3,000 resumes that first, that first, it was sort of December, January, February that we had to sift through. So were you doing like uh, like formal recruiting where you would go to career fairs and stuff? Or was it just sort of like you would open an application and send it out to like, I guess, a career center at we, college campus and they would put it on their internal? What we, de- what we decided to do is we posted at Top 25... U.S. News and World Report, went down to 75 selectively choosing schools, uh, went to the top five, uh, top 10 or 15 engineering programs, business programs, and architecture programs. So we just posted, we made a posting, put it on the website, and everything went to this one central email. So it was pretty crazy. We uh, we really didn't know what to do once, like once we started getting all these resumes, and we figured it out uh, that first year. And we wound up hiring, I think, 13 people. And wow. between those, those were the first two years. I managed it in some fashion the next two years. And in those four years, saw well over 10,000 resumes. Uh, but we hired 10 people out of the program. And that, so, and for a growing company, that made up 15% of the company. Because yeah. when I went, when I left in 2017, there were only 60 people in the company. Yes. So it, it had great growth, but um, we, I felt that I really had an impact in building the firm. So did you think you picked up on like a bunch of resume skills from pouring over all these uh, college applicants over the years? Definitely. <laughs> what, uh, are, what are some tips that you've seen of like common, please, common mistakes? Please never send your resume in not PDF format. <laughs> the number of doc, like Word docs that I got, mind blowing. Don't write a form letter, make it your own. Those are, those are like the two biggest things. How's a form letter? Is it? Um, I'm gonna, I know there's people who are gonna be listening <laughs> who are gonna feel triggered by this, but I'm gonna specifically call out Emery because every single cover letter looked the same. Oh. And so they they had a form letter, a cover form letter that they pushed, and it just didn't it didn't hit hit for me. It was like hard to read because it's like, well, what are you like? It's just skills or whatever. Um, granted, the resume is what mattered. Um, I'm no joke. Probably fifteen to fifteen to thirty seconds is what I was looking at to get resume? through it. Yeah, Did, like uh, simple things. Is your resume formatted? Great. Um, what's your experience like? Um, what have you done? What are you involved in on campus? Where do you go to school? What are you studying? 
because we had we were doing like across the entire firm so we were looking at design roles construction management roles finance acquisition yep. roles um even accounting roles we had some people who we needed in our like uh, to help our controller but i was sort of we and even graphic design so i was used to seeing a broad range of resumes but it had to stand out in a way that um i could glean something in 15 to 20 seconds were you mainly so. looking at sort of like the the hard bullets like this is where they worked etc or were you looking at the actual like detailed bullets that followed only if they interested you um i mean for for undergrad it's it's usually only going to be internships That's true, so um i was really like did you have an internship like sometimes the bar was low most of, most undergrad resumes are a little thicker with the the school portion. School portion. So they probably have the their high school education. on there still, right? So they have their high school on there. What were they involved in? Um, what are you involved in on campus? Um, I would look at their most recent internship or any volunteer work. Are they involved in their community? I think that's really important. Yep. Um, it's something that, you know, I was actually really excited once I got to business school to like start to put my time towards. The community versus just you know writing the check mm-hmm. you know which i started after undergrad you know, <laughs> hey here's 18 dollars. here's 36 dollars. Yeah. here's 50 bucks um but it, th- those are the types of things like where do you stand out are you um and we did a lot we we probably did more interviews than we could and the thing that stood out um and i don't think this is unique to someone in undergrad i think this is really good advice yeah for anyone is Humility. That was the number one um, attribute that I really thought would make someone successful. And looking back, it's what made the people we wound up hiring as interns and then bringing back full-time successful is you don't know enough to like make that impact that you're going to make when you're two, three, four years into a firm. So it's, do you have that are you humble? Do you have that humility? Are you willing to ask for help? Are you willing to work really hard? Are you coming in and not assuming that you can do your boss's job? Which, frankly, is a, you talk to people and they they assume they can do your boss's job. And yeah. just that differentiator is, you, you might not hear people talk about that, but if you bring that to an interview and do all the other things and play the game the right way, that's the part that's going to set you apart. Um, I did even, just to skip ahead, in one of my interviews over the summer, I was being pressed on a skill that I didn't have. And I was very upfront that, you know, this is probably something I need to work on if I'm lucky enough to get the job at the firm. And I got the job. So it, it, it speaks to your character. And it's really important um, when people are looking to bring you into their firms. Yeah. So it's important to give the honest answer, even if it's not the comfortable answer, but also mm-hmm. framing it in a way where it's a point of improvement rather than the point of weakness. Right. And again, if you're always going to need to improve. Yeah. So if you can actually identify an area where you're like, here's where I'm at and here's where I'm going. I mean, you got the first part. They're, they're talking to you because they think you have some skill set and you can excel. Mm-hmm. And if you know you need to work on something, no matter whether it's six months into the job or six years into the job, you're probably still going to be learning, and that attitude is going to take you very far. I feel like there's some analogy there, which is the <laughs> engineering education, but yeah. that might just be me talking too. Uh, but going forward from that, so you worked at that firm for... GDS, yeah. JDS for 
How many years? Six, I worked there six, six years? years after graduating. Um, and uh, I wound up working at a real estate private equity firm in a similar role, but they had no construction expertise. They were not managing anything construction related. And that was the job where I go, okay, I see, I sort of can really see the next five to 10 years of my career. Yep. And I'm missing something. And I wasn't sure what it was. Um, but as you know, what it's like being an engineering student, you learn nothing about money. You don't no. really learn anything. And I'm not talking about just, I'm not talking about accounting, finance, just there is nothing about how business decisions get made. Um, this is all back office, designing a building. You, yep. I know you were an electrical engineer designing, you know, well, not to make fun of you, or but circuits, but circuits, at a high level. Circuits, yeah. electronics. Right, yeah. and you know, I was doing, oh, does this beam, can this beam support this load? And it's sort of like, great, but at what point are you actually impacting the business decisions? And that was the point where I knew that I knew I needed something else. Whether even if I stayed in real estate, which I was starting to think maybe I didn't want to stay in real estate, um, but even if I wanted to stay, I needed that formal business education. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I actually I started the business school process very late or, or early in 2018 um, for class of 2020. Yep. Um, wound up not getting in anywhere. And that was really a pivotal point in my career. I was like, well, what am I doing now? And I wound up quitting my job, trying to say, okay, am I, am I gonna reapply to business school? And if so, what am I doing? And so spent about a month just to decompress. I was super stressed out, um, started the application process again, and also started working for a company I'm actually part-time employed at uh, called Ford Mechanical. Um, so before we go into more Marshall specific questions, I just want to ask, so what, um, in your sort of recruiting and MBA program, uh, why the MBA specifically? And then also what, what made you decide USC was the place after spending so much time saying that you were destined to be in New York to come out to the direct opposite coast? <laughs> Excellent question. <laughs> so, um, MBA was a, was, a, was a reset for me. So I had, when I took that job from Miami to New York, I did it to sort of, I don't even know, get back to New York, get out of Miami, maybe a hybrid. Um, I thought I might want to transition careers. Um, but I'll be honest, I didn't necessarily make the decision, I don't want to say confidently, but it was more under duress. Yep. And I knew that I needed a true reset. I needed to have some time to myself um, and really think about what my priorities were. Uh, and an MBA was like honestly terrifying. I'd been against getting an MBA for years. Both my parents have master's degrees. My dad has an MBA. When I made the decision to go to Michigan, I was like, I'm never getting an MBA, so yeah, I'm gonna same. go to a really good engineering school <laughs> and that'll be that. Uh, and so I, I looked at it really, like I said, it was an opportunity to reset, figure out, did I want to stay in real estate? Did I, do I want to get this skill set to go back to real estate? Do I want to transition? I have all this project management experience. What can I do with that? Um, and really think about what was important to me and what, 
what what could I do to make more of an impact in the world? That was really the driver for me. Yeah. Um, and so when it came down to looking at schools, obviously, you know, schools in New York were, were top of the list. It would have been way cheaper to stay in New York. But I'd always, one, I'd always wanted to live in LA. Two, New York, and I apologize to my friends, both from Michigan, most of whom are in New York. Um, although a, a couple have moved out here since. Um, and of course, my, my high school friends and my middle school friends. Um, it got a little stale for me. And I needed that sense of adventure again. And I knew that even if I did business school in New York, that it wouldn't be the right fit. Like so Columbia even though like I, I wanted to go to Columbia forever and getting rejected from there was like the best thing that could have happened to me, <laughs> to be honest. Um, because I really needed that adventure um, and that change of pace and new friends, new atmosphere, all of that. Mm -hmm. And so for me, having lived in Miami, the priority was I wasn't going to another college town. I did Ann Arbor. Um, and I had to go to a city where I knew people. And I did have a bunch of friends out here. I needed some sort of base in case I wanted to stay. Yep. And in case I hated business school, which is clearly not the case. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I needed, I needed that little bit um, of sort of familiarity familiarity yeah that, that's a better way to put it familiarity and la was a no-brainer and honestly people are like yeah you're kind of an la guy drive a wrangler um, <laughs> which i know you you were trying to find when you when you were coming over here today yeah i mean i i it's pretty much like a telltale sign of when leads around is when there's a giant fucking what was it gray or black wrangler rolling yeah around. gray gray wrangler freedom edition <laughs> love freedom that edition, car Jesus Christ. i love that car <laughs> um but yeah so la was a no-brainer and when i moved out here I, I was like i'm staying here i'm i'm here for school but this is a three to five year commitment so i was like i want to be here i want to know what it's like not in school even though i love school it's awesome i'm having a great time but i was like i want to live in a city um and you know, I don't really miss the seasons. If I want winter, you know, ski season's coming up, I go get snow. I go to Mammoth, mm -hmm. Big Bear. Um, I like that, you know, the outdoor space is great for me, so. Okay, uh, yeah. before we get more into the more, I guess, Marshall-specific questions that we have lined up for you, we'll do our other segment that you picked up for today, which is a new one. Well, you didn't really pick it, I kind of told you to do it. Uh, but it's a new one that I just came up with. Uh, which is going to be relevant later in the discussion, but it will probably be fun for you anyway. But it's do you even stonk, bro? So the way this is going to work is that I have pulled up three stocks, uh, all of which that are on the S&P 500. So okay. you don't have to think too outside the box here. I'm not going to try to like throw you some like new IPOs that just listed. Um, Snowflake. Yeah, I'll give you. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you some. Like background into the companies about where they're headquartered, what sectors they're in, industries. Oh boy! Uh, Full-time employees. You can ask some prodding questions about like maybe their financials and stuff. I'll even give you what they're currently trading at, uh, just in case. Like stock price? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. You can ask some other like prodding questions, and I'll see like if it's if it's too prodding, then I won't answer. But if it's enough, then I'll just throw you a bone. Uh, but from that, we'll see if you can sort of deduce what the company could be. So the first one for you is a company based in Chicago. Uh, 
industrial sector with an industry specific to aerospace and defense. And it's currently listed at about 160,000 full-time employees, trading at $168. And... You said aerospace? Yes. Should I, like, ask another question or just start guessing? Um, you know, that's a good question. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good question. So, let's let's give you two you got two chances. I got two chances. So you got two. You got two, two choices. Two strikes. Yeah, two strikes. Two strike. Two policy. strikes. Um, well, I only have two that come to mind. So uh, I'm gonna guess Raytheon. Raytheon is wrong. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> is there any other questions you want to ask before you make a second guess? Yeah, um, <laughs> definitely. I did scroll past Raytheon to see them, but I did not pick them. Ooh, scroll. Um, what other questions would I want to know? Um, industrial aerospace. That's not going to help me. I was going to ask who their CEO is, but I'm not. Would the, like, yeah, would the 52-week range help? Mm. No. Mm. <laughs> what's their What's their debt-to-equity ratio? <laughs> I don't know if that's on the basic. <laughs> I don't know if I have that information available. Um, I can they're the defense contractor as well, um, or just aerospace? I believe so. I believe they are. Okay. They're not in, not in Chicago. But neither are they. <laughs> <laughs> These, this two-guess thing is tricky. Um, what other questions could I ask? Um, what's their market cap? Market cap is $94 billion. Oh, they're tiny. Have they been in the news tiny. recently? Um, they're. I mean, yeah, kind of aerospace industry is in the news a lot. I feel like. Recently. Do they do? Do they do commercial, or mostly defense or the commercial uh, airlines? They'll do both. I mean, they they work in both of those markets, commercial and defense. I believe so. I, I was unsure. Like they about make they make like airplanes for Delta. So I was unsure about the defense part. <laughs> <laughs> you were unsure about the defense part. Yeah. Oh. But I I believe they do. Is what I'm trying to say. I'm gonna guess Boeing. Yeah. I thought Boeing was based out of Seattle. For really? Sony. Yeah. So they, the, I think Boeing was. Long... I should know this. I just did a whole paper on Boeing. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> For so, class. <laughs> uh, one of the things I remember from my United interview is that that's why most of their planes are Boeing, because Boeing is based in Chicago. Got it. But okay. their planes are, a lot of them are produced in Washington State. Okay. So, the Got manufacturing it. plant, I think the, one it. of the large manufacturing plants, is in probably the Seattle area. Got it. So, you said, you when you said Boeing, when you said uh, aerospace, I was like, in my mind, I was like, Boeing, Northrop Grumman, and Raytheon. Mm-hmm. Not Rolls Royce or <laughs> no. Rolls Royce does aerospace. I mean, they do the engines. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They're, they're yeah. definitely on the top on the S and P five hundred. Yeah. 
Alright. Not bad. I think they're probably in, like, Indiana, though, or... I forget where they're based. But, alright, number two... We'll save that one for last. Number two is going to be a electronic... It's probably an easy one for you. An electronic gaming and multimedia industry is the industry. Sectors, communication services. <laughs> and... I feel like a location will be a dead giveaway. So I kind of don't want to give that to you. Okay, don't give it yet. Um, they have less than 10,000 full-time employees, so it's 9,000. Market cap of $60 billion, though. That was helpful. I'm really putting my money where my mouth is because I just did a size up of the communication services industry. <laughs> for, for sale. <laughs> Which we'll get into later. Uh, any other sort of. I mean, it's currently trading at $78. They do live entertainment? No. Okay. And how did you? What did you describe their industry as? Uh, hold on. Let me. Profile was electronic gaming and multimedia. That was two things. Electronic gaming was one. There was no okay. car there. <laughs> so they're known for video games. Essentially, yes. Are they also known for sports video games? <laughs> no. Okay, so it's not. It's not electronic arts. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't want to use a guess. <laughs> it's the whole point of 20 questions. <laughs> uh, mobile or console? Uh, Primarily. Honestly, you know, every industry, every company on this portfolio is doing both now. But they, they were around before mobile really picked up. So, they, so I'm going to guess Activision. Mm-hmm. So the, the roots are. That was in. Activision or like Zynga, that was, but Good. literally in my report, both of those companies <laughs> and EA. So, so the, the last one, <laughs> I feel like you'll get. I feel like I feel like you gotta get this one just because. Is this like a personal thing to me? I don't know. It oh, could okay. be. This is, I'm taking. I'm taking a hell mary at thinking that it's a personal thing to you. Um, well, I know. I'm just gonna go off the bat. It's not Tesla because they were not accepted in the S and P. Well, it can't be Tesla because like otherwise it won't be on my yeah. on my list here that I scroll through to pick three companies. Um, but so the sector is industrials. Okay. Industry is specialty industrial machinery. Caterpillar. So you like no? <laughs> <laughs> you just wasted a guess. It was worth it. <laughs> And uh, full-time employees, 61,000 based out of Columbus, Indiana, not Ohio. Well, Columbus, Indiana. Oh, God, Dan Ward's going to kill me if I don't get this one. Uh, market cap of $31 billion. P.E. ratio, 18.64. I don't know if that even fucking matters. That's, kind That's of, not going to be helpful. Yeah, I know. Give me some more. What what else, what other products do they produce? Um, products they produce, or like yeah. I mean, I would say their products are. I mean, I mean, Caterpillar is pretty much like the premier in that industry, right? So it's oh, John Deere. 
not listed on the S&P. I don't know if it is, but it wasn't the one it's I picked. <laughs> Your face was like, what? You really, like, you really didn't wait for me to finish my sentence. No, I got one more I'm thinking from uh, from accounting. Well, I mean, you wasted your second guess. <laughs> <laughs> so... I just remember doing, uh, we were doing LIFO FIFO for Caterpillar versus Komatsu. Yeah, it's not Komatsu. Yeah, but it's uh, Cummins. Cummins, okay. That type of industrial. Got mm. it. Alright. That's like similar to Caterpillar, isn't it? Yeah, I just think Caterpillar, like, excavators, dump trucks. I was thinking That's more was thinking on me. the more, like, assembly work. Not, Got the, it. Not the John Deere, yeah. Got it. Cool. <laughs> not the John Deere tractor work. <laughs> <laughs> I really was confident on that one, so, you know. Now, now you have me looking, so I'm going to see if John Deere is even on this list. Come I don't on. I even know if John Deere is public. Although, no, they are because... Deere and company. Yeah. I, I had to size They're them They're 85. They're higher than I think what Cummins was. Caterpillar 75. Yeah, you're, you, the face you gave me was like... <laughs> so I knew, like, I know Cummins is, like, a big in, like, the Midwest, so... Yeah. I wondered if that was, like, a big sort of uh, recruiter for you guys when you were in Michigan, because I know... A buddy of mine that went to Wisconsin ended up working at Cummins for a while. Got it. Uh, but now that we're past the do you even stonk, bro, you got two of them right. So Not bad for the first time. Not bad for the first time, and I think I like that one, so I'm going to keep that yeah. one going uh, for any other finance uh, gurus that want to sort of test their metal. Um, but going into more of the MBA-specific questions, kind of a good segue, but you are also a member of the Student Investment Fund, which is sort of... Um, an exclusive club, I would assume, at Marshall. is probably the only club where you actually have to, like, get invited to join rather than uh, you just pay a due yeah. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> so what led you to wanting to be involved in the Student Investment Fund as well as uh, what sort of things are you working on this year as a second-year student, like, fully vested into the club? Yeah. So um, I'll give you like a really high-level overview of the yeah. program. Oh, yeah, so, um, so the Student Investment Fund, um, there are 17 students, some full-time MBA, some part-time MBA, all graduating in 2021 mm-hmm. in, uh, in May. And we basically manage a portion of the USC endowment. Yep. Um, and it's part management, and then there's a class component to it. So uh, my class took over on April 1st, and we managed the fund through March 31st of 2021. There were sort of two drivers for me um, that, you know, led me to to apply. One is I've been like a self-investor since I was in high school. Uh, I went to sleepaway camp growing up, and then I actually staffed a couple of summers and my parents, specifically my dad, encouraged me to invest my summer savings into an IRA account. And so I've been investing my, like, you know, I started off with $750 and I've been been investing on my own uh, since I was 17. Did you start off with, like, individual stocks or did you start off with, like, mutual funds? All, all individual stocks. Um, funny, the first stock I bought, uh, the first two stocks I bought were Teva, which is a generic pharmaceutical company, uh, and then Raytheon, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I wound up selling Raytheon to buy Boeing a number of years later. Oh. But, uh, you know, it all comes full circle. It um, probably does. <laughs> yeah. So I always, you know, I've been a lot, like, all the stocks that I've owned have generally been companies that I either had a connection to or it's a product I used. 
So I've owned Starbucks and Microsoft and Apple and Amazon. I mean, that's I feel yeah. like that's the driving for a lot yeah. of people that invest and aren't like paid to do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, even when I when I bought Teva, I was taking one of their medicines yeah. uh, for my asthma. So um, that was what drove me, and I, I said, this is like a really good opportunity to really understand how to do that and like really be able to make decisions yeah really be be able to make decisions that aren't based on feel and just reading someone else's report but really being able to you know drill down and know that it's a good investment and to that point i actually have to pitch a stock yep tomorrow so that's part of the class component which which i'll get to in a second the other thing that was totally shocking to me and you know, most of the, a bunch of the people in 2021 know is that I took a love of finance. Like I love finance. I was not expecting to like finance as much as I did coming into business school, especially as, as like an engineer. It's a, it's a numbers thing now. Yeah, it's all numbers. It's all numbers. Um, <laughs> and and we're good at numbers. And yeah. we're good at numbers, <laughs> engineers. Um, and so when I look at sort of where I'm taking my career, I'm doing consulting. Awesome. So like my goal is to do M and A, and you know I want to work with private equity clients. And what I realized is like this is a really good opportunity to both do networking within my cl- work closely with people in my class who are more um, financially inclined. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's just there's a component of the class where we have an investor committee that we report to at the end of the year. We have to give an annual report. We're doing you know quarterly reports. We're giving up constant updates. Um, we're lit. We're you know obviously all the treks this semester are virtual, yep. but we're bringing guest speakers from you know big investment management firms, private equity firms, and I realized that this would be a really good way to sort of not only dip my toe into that before I graduate, but really start to make connections that are going to serve me well for you know years to come. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the class component, um, it is very much discussion based. So. You know, the first, uh, I guess it was the second and the third class, we jumped right into sector reports. So um, we had to size up the 11 different sectors that make up the economy. So my sector uh, was communication services. I split that with uh, Rob Pinson. Um, so we had to divvy that. Canadian Rob. Yeah. For- <laughs> Canadian Rob. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, so we had to split up the sector. He did telecommunications. I did media entertainment, which is why I got that second stonk correct. Did you, and, did uh, you bully him into that? That sounds way more fun than the telecommunications side. Um, he asked me which one I wanted. <laughs> and uh, to be honest, I thought media entertainment was going to be easier, and it wasn't. I mean, uh, okay, so, it sounds more fun in terms of the output, but in terms of the financials, it's way murkier than telecom. I will say. Right. And I had to field all the Q&A because really no one cared about Verizon, T-Mobile, and AT&T. Oh, that's also true. <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, even, even like, I got questions on Netflix and Disney and with COVID yeah, and, yeah. you know, what, I mean, the best question I got, I, f- I forget who asked, so I apologize if you're listening, but it was sort of, what's better, content producing firms or content distribution? And I go, you have to do both at this point. And so... I like sizing up the market was really interesting because you look at you look at Disney, they were able to release Mulan. Yep. And you know we're still I'm I'm personally still waiting for uh, the Keanu Reeves movies that were supposed to double premiere. Are you talking John about Wick, Bill and Ted? The, or? No, no, the, they were supposed to be. It was John Wick 
and uh, another Matrix movie. Oh, the new Matrix one. They were supposed to premiere on the same day in May, and they can't get distributed because movie theaters aren't aren't there. We're still waiting for Bond, the last Daniel Craig movie. That got pushed into and next so year. And so you look at companies... The company, got yeah. pushed into next year. So you look at companies like Disney, which just entered the streaming space, was able to you know put out Mulan. Yeah. And even though they're probably not making the box office money, they're not... One, they're not sharing the revenue. Yep. And two, they're getting revenue from it. So... And then you look at Netflix, they're just pumping out movies left and right. And so I that was just really interesting to have to do a deep dive on that. And then we get to learn it from everyone else in the class is doing the same type of, type of deep dive. Yeah. And so that's interesting because all the funds have different mandates. So like my fund, uh, the Babcock California Fund. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's me, Nathan Dixon, Jeff Wang, and Yunpeng Zhang. Okay. The four of us manage the fund and it's small cap. So we're investing in companies that like we really don't know of because they're not really out there. Nobody does, right? Um, and so I'm pitching a company that I sort of just found, um, and that's sort of it's fun because you're really you're diving into a company that you know the company I chose at, that I'm pitching to, tomorrow currently has negative cash flow. So it's like, well, why would you buy this? And I'm recommending a strong buy. So I'm expecting a lot of pushback, <laughs> but that's the fun is that I'm really getting, you're going to get challenged on your assumptions. You're really going to understand fundamental evaluation and you have to present in front of people. And that's, you know, finance aside, these are like skills that are just going to be really important going forward. Well, this is ironic. Um, Look who's calling. <laughs> is that Deepak calling? Uh, looking to interrupt the recording, I assume. <laughs> probably. He, he knew the timing and the technical difficulties. So this is time this right. I guess this is more our fault for telling him when we were going to record. <laughs> so um, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and choose to talk to him later. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> yeah, uh. and before before we move on, um, I'm just gonna do a quick plug um, for a not purely scheduled event, but um, I believe Gwib is gonna be sponsoring SIF office hours in the next couple of weeks, which okay. is kind of exciting. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Is that gonna be on campus groups so I can like shout it out and yeah, the, okay, that'll definitely be on campus groups. That'll be um, all my like five minute ramble when I look through all the events on campus groups of the week. <laughs> It definitely won't be for this this podcast. Not this week, but, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'll definitely let you know once we get that scheduled. Awesome. But, um, really looking forward to that. <laughs> and okay. we're also going to hit you up for some Remo access. Oh, always lovely to help out with Remo. It, it, it actually is a really kind of cool software, so I won't plug it too much. But um, so that that was kind of SIF in a nutshell, and what you're doing with SIF, and I mean, it sounds like it's a really like broad experience in terms of helping you understand more of the financial aspects. But let's get into more of the uh, the funner questions here, and that is, uh, uh, what are some of the hobbies that have helped you maintain your sanity uh, in this whole past, you know, March to now? I don't even know how long it's been. It feels it feels like it's been ten years, but it could easily have been seven months, I guess. Uh, so what are those, some of those hobbies that have helped maintain your sanity while having to sort of uh, adapt to the virtual environment that we're going through today? So uh, the first thing that I picked up in quarantine was actually spinning. 
So uh, I stayed with one of my friends uh, in LA, and I'd always been intimidated by spinning, mm-hmm. and he had a Peloton bike, and I figured, you know what? For if a Soul Cycle class plus shoes is about 30, 35 bucks, yep. I can get a pair of shoes for 100. I can commit to three classes to see if this is like worth it for me. Oh, and so you actually did that. So I bought I bought Peloton shoes, <laughs> and uh, I was like hooked. I have like it is such a good workout in such a small period of time. And even though I spent the summer in New York, when I came back out to LA, I ordered a bike, and I I did it the first twenty days I got the bike, and then school started and everything. So I just settled nice. into a better routine. <laughs> yeah. But like I'm doing regular, like but, solid yeah. five five days a week. Um, great workout. It sits at the foot of my bed. So when I wake up, if I don't do it, I look at my bike. When I walk to my bathroom, so and when like I come back, <laughs> and it's like the the best guilt trip. The thing that I took up in a major way over quarantine was cooking. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I have I learned how to cook in a really interesting way. Between freshman and sophomore year of college, uh, I had surgery on my ankle and I was in a hard cast up to my knee. And what I wound Oof. up doing that summer for eight weeks is. From one to six every day, I would watch Food Network. <laughs> <laughs> and what was interesting is that what you're doing is because it's scheduled programming. So like at one thirty every day it was you know hot off the grill with Bobby Flay. Are you fucking <laughs> <laughs> exactly my one of my heroes. And then you know oh, at two thirty, two thirty was uh, Guy Fieri. Yep, and, I love Guy Fieri. And though. you know Good Eats. Uh, Ina oh, Garten, Alton Brown. Yeah, Alton Brown. Alton Ina Brown's Garten, there. you know, cooking from her Hamptons house at five thirty, right before dinner was on. And what you what you learn is you're watching someone cook every day in the same time slot. Yep. And even though they're doing different things, I picked up technique. Yeah, that's. And that's the that's the part that I got out of it. And then as soon as I got out of the cast, I was eight. I was nineteen. It was okay. I want to cook. I want to cook. I want to cook. And trial and error for the last 10 years, 12 years. Um, <laughs> but what's really interesting is, like, people ask me for my recipes all the time. They're like, ah, I don't do recipes. I sort of just cook. Yeah, it's like jazz. And what was really awesome is um, I, got to, I got to contribute, obviously, at my buddy's house. Um, I made shakshuka pretty much every Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. For those of you who don't knew that, know that. I don't. It's a uh, so, so shakshuka is Moroccan, North African, Mediterranean dish where okay. you build a tomato sauce and you poach eggs in it. Um, and so I'd made it probably like three, four times in my life. I made it about seven times um, in three months, uh, in two months really. Uh, and so I got really good at it, very comfortable with it, and it was just trial and error. Like I got better every 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 time I did it, um, and then. When I went home, I started grilling. We had uh, we grilled every day. So um, for those who don't know, <laughs> um, is this a slight love, plug going on here? Yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> uh, I love barbecuing, and I've had a fledgling um, Instagram account uh, called Boy Meets Grill <laughs> for a number of years. Uh, Fed's just looking over at my actual barbecue. Yep. <laughs> I'm looking right over the grill on the side of us right now. Um, um, and it really gave me a good opportunity to 
grill on a regular basis, not just for holidays or for tailgates, but I was grilling on a regular basis. I mean, you were telling um, you were grilling for tailgates too. Yeah, <laughs> but that's not. It's not. It's only during football season, yeah. and also, you know, <laughs> for once a week. Yeah, for your own, for your own like yeah. pleasure, because you enjoyed it, and just yeah. the art of cooking was something that. Yeah, and so now I, I just I started cooking a lot when I was home. Um, anything we could do, we did on the grill. Potatoes, nuke them in the microwave, finish them off on the grill. Yep. Uh, I started cooking whole fish on the grill. Um, steaks, burgers, all the good stuff. Wings, getting really good at wings. Um, I've been, I wouldn't say testing out. I think I'm pretty good at it now. But a French cooking technique called sous vide, where you yeah. You, you cook it in a water bath. You pretty much... Isn't that where you, like, vacuum seal? Yeah, you vacuum seal um, the meat or the meat, whatever you're And cooking. then you put it in a water bath. And so if you want medium-rare steak, you cook it at 129 degrees for two hours. Yep. And then you just sear it screaming hot on the grill. So it comes nice. out with grill marks, yep. but it's uniformly cooked. Yeah. So... That's been that's been a lot of fun, and what's nice is you know since I've been back in LA, um, you know people come over, we grill, we eat, and just it's a lot of fun. And I'll give a <laughs> just growing up Jewish Jews and their experiences around holidays are very food driven, mm-hmm. um, and so it's nice to have that outside of the big holidays. My mom is she knows her craft so well brisket i miss rosh hashanah brisket this year very upset about that oh, man. um but you know food is about people and that that is that is my thing so really excited about that uh, so we had one more question for you but i feel like i don't have to ask it now because i feel like you answered it way earlier in the podcast <laughs> <laughs> um which was related to sort of like how you had like a part-time job and recruiting for consulting and stuff so Rather than elaborating on like how you did it, maybe you can just focus on some tips of how best to approach it. Uh, but like, what was your secret to handling the demanding course load that we had in our first year, combined with like recruiting for consulting, which is like honestly more the demanding recruiting cycles, and maintaining that part-time employment with a forward mechanical group that you continued on the side. So there's a couple things that go into it. One, you really have to like what you're doing and you have to like what you're doing across all aspects. So you have to be engaged in like school, you have to be engaged and really want to do well in consulting. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I was working part time and it was meaningful work for me. So that is sort of table stakes. Yep. The other thing and it's it's interesting to talk through is the biggest thing people talk about is time management. So I, I have all these balls in the air. Yep. Um, but what you really wind up doing is you'll get the time management part. Everyone who's who gets into Marshall, who's here, you're all really good. You're, you're elite people in the, in the professional world. And so you know how to make yourself effective. It's new. It's going to be hard. It's going to take you a while, a little bit. But you're, you're going to hit the time management thing. Yep. The real thing you have to focus on is energy management. And this ties back a little bit to, um, you know, talking about hobbies and and mental health and Mm -hmm. things like that is sometimes it's really easy to just order food, but sometimes your energy might be really well spent by cooking a meal. And so 
what you need to focus on is you need to really learn that efficiency. You really need to prioritize. And sometimes you're going to have a to-do list that's 25 items long. And you're going to have time to do that to-do list. And you're going to say, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to deal with that tomorrow. Or maybe later. Right now it's 5 o'clock and I'm going to cook myself dinner. Or I'm going to sit on, on the couch and watch three hours of TV. My personal Entourage. favorite. <laughs> Well, yeah, uh, I, I did watch Entourage start to finish during quarantine. You um, went all the way? Yeah, I went all the way. All right, what's um, the new one, though? But I, I watch Food Network. I, oh, I, find it, I find it, I watch HGTV. I watch something that can help me relax. The construction channel. Yeah, the construction channel, can't, can't escape it. Um, the, the, the way you're going to make it through your first year of business school um, and... You know, shout out to to my friends in 2021 is make sure you're doing things you like. Make sure you're doing things that don't seem like work. Everything's work right now. Um, casing, interview prep, it's a lot uh, of Zoom. classes, a lot of Zoom. Decompress. Get get outside. Get get out from behind the computer. Uh, my dad was giving me a hard time today because I won't watch the Giants anymore. Because, Dude, I can't either. Because, and I told well, I, him... Yeah, I'm from New Jersey, yeah. so it's like, that was my hometown team. I'm a yeah. Seahawks fan now, like, through yeah. and through, because <laughs> of many reasons that we can get into another podcast, but... My thing was, look, I can sit on the couch and watch any television and, and be fine, but it's still in front of a screen. I can't be stressed out. So, like, the Yankees are doing wonders for me right now, yeah. um, but... That was that was a big thing. Is just make sure you're spending. Think more about how you're spending your energy than your time. If you like, don't just do something because someone says you should be doing it and spending your time. If you have to spend, you know, nine to nine p.m. to midnight doing a project, but you were able to decompress during the time you thought you were supposed to work, you're going to be happier. You're going to do a much better product. Take a Saturday off. Take a Sunday off. Yeah. You know. Go see one of your friends if you can, um, obviously being safe. But figure out ways that preserve your energy and keep your happiness. Don't worry about the time as much. Everyone's home. Everyone's sitting behind his, uh, a computer screen. Um, and, you know, occasionally take a phone call. It's so nice to speak to someone on the phone. I had a board meeting over the phone the other day. Just lying in your bed? or I paced when I call, but oh, I did. That's, that's but, probably um, more I, Honestly, that sounds more fun than sitting at the chair. Yeah, no, I paced a little bit. I sat down. I lied down. I had my AirPods in. But th- that's really the way the way you're going to get you're, you're going to manage. And the world will return to normal. But really, you have a unique opportunity. And this is not you. It's me. It's Fedge. It's everybody. You right now have a really unique opportunity to really think about what helps you move forward, what makes you tick, and it's a great chance to, you know, recalibrate everything so that we get back to normal, which we will. You're really going to know how to excel because you know yourself that much better. That is a very good note to sort of like wrap things up on, I believe. Um, so. Going off that very optimistic note that you just set forward about uh, (laughs) 
looking forward and focusing on the inner parts that sort of make you happy, making sure you're balancing things in terms of like you're decompressing as well as your challenging tasks and prioritizing your duties. Uh, we'll now go into our wrap up, but before we wrap things up formally, <laughs> um, you have a minute now to plug whatever you want. So this is sort of like a thank you for coming on the show. So I will now hand the floor over to you to talk about whatever you want. It could be school-related, unrelated. You could just be shouting out birthdays. I don't really give a shit. So the time is yours. What do you got? All right, so I'm going to give a couple shout-outs to school. So first, I mentioned already, there's going to be a GWIB-sponsored SIF happy hour. Go to that. Learn about SIF. It's going to be awesome. I hope you, you enjoyed learning about the experience. Um, MLFP applications are due this Friday, I believe really great op leadership opportunity. Uh, I serve, happy to answer any questions. Um, and finally, C4C, get involved. Um, there are gonna be a lot of meaningful ways to get involved in the community, give back, meet other students. Um, don't look at it, look at it as a way to connect um, because you have to make meaningful connections um, given everything that's going on. Um, other than that, have fun. I know that it's like really hard um, to picture that, but honestly, I'm having the time of my life right now. So, you know, get outside, you know, do people in the program office listen to this? Skip a class once in a while for a <laughs> mental health break. If they do, I don't think they'll argue <laughs> against that too much for mental um, health sakes. But, you know, really, you know, do things for yourself. You, you chose to do this for business school, so, you know, it's not all... It's not all terrible, so yeah. got to um, be positive. And if you have any questions like about MLFP that he mentioned earlier, his contact information will be in the email that you guys received as well as the show notes as well. Um, and that about wraps it up for today, folks. So honestly, Lee, thank you for taking the time today to have this discussion with me. It's been a fucking crazy ride going through your undergrad, uh, your role within your career in terms of just forcing your way into the New York market and almost like growing your own sort of internship program underneath you, going all the way to realizing your need to acquire more financial skills, somehow falling in love with those financial skills to the point where you're now in SIF, and then to now the point where you're going to be applying those skills and your engineering skills in an impactful way at Deloitte. I don't know if we mentioned that, but you're going to be working at Deloitte. It's yeah, not really, really a secret anymore. Yeah, so. really excited about that. <laughs> so, again, thank you for taking the time to, like, have that great conversation with me. Um, I'm sure everyone's going to love all the details that you shared today about a bunch of different aspects of uh, just life here at Marshall, as well as resume building, as well as how you projected your career and how that's going to impact you in the future. So, uh, as we wrap up today, again, I've been your host, Fetch McDermott, and... Um, we're going to play you out with Lee's favorite song, My Hero by Foo Fighters. So that's been all for today. And again, if you have any questions, I've been told by Lee's close friends to make sure that you know that he's single. So make sure you also contact him on LinkedIn, Instagram, and email. Uh, but that's been the episode today. <laughs> thanks, thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> thanks, guys.